This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 354 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by KPP and TotalSaddleFit.com. Today we have one of the American representatives to the World Cup Finals, Charlotte Jorce. We also have international rider Catherine Haddad Stoller. And for the Total Saddle Fit tip today, we have Justin from Total Saddle Fit. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Reese. How are you doing this week? I'm good, Phil. How are you this week? I'm doing great. You know what? What? Spring has come to Ontario. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> it's raining, but I mean, but it's warm, and I'm you know, yeah. riding without a jacket, and some people have been riding outdoors, and yes. it's awesome. I'm so happy. I know. It was 75 degrees in Kentucky. I was, uh, yeah, not that much warmer down here, actually, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, we have, we're, you know, we're still in Florida for the next couple of weeks and, uh, it's been, it's been great. The weather actually here has been pretty good. Uh, typically March can get really hot. Um, here it's not, (laughs) I, I say that and I look, look at the weather every week to say, oh gosh, please don't get hot yet. Um, but yeah, I've heard that spring has sprung and everyone, I've seen all the pictures from people riding outside for the first time and that's awesome. I, that it means it's about ready for us to come home. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you're, <laughs> how, how much longer did you say? Another. So we're, weeks, we're weeks? actually here. Oh, just under a month. Uh, well, we already have, there are horses already starting to leave. There were multiple trucks in and out. We, we had, uh, uh, a horse actually coming back to you, Phil, yeah, uh, an Canadian horse. Home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's coming home and on his way back to Canada. So, um, yeah, it's starting to happen that people are going to start, but uh, typically people are going to stay through the end of March here. Um, we are staying actually to the very end. Uh, I think I show at the last day at Global uh, for the developing horse selection trial. Uh, and we we set our schedule like that, you know, to have a couple months of training and, you know, we kind of slowly start to show. But now we have a show now every weekend till we leave. Not always the same horses. Um, they're going to rotate in and out, but uh, it's nice. It, it, that is one of the advantages. Is if everyone ever thinks about coming to Florida, it is something to think about. Uh, you can make an argument that you do save huh, a little money. That's in quotation marks um, because uh, when you start to show, when we start show up north, you know we typically have to go for two or three days, spend the night in the hotel, you know, have uh, people taking care of the barn at home. Well, when you're in Florida, that's already been. Taken taking care of, uh, and you're already paying people at home and, and, uh, but you already have paid your rent for the month or where you're staying. So, uh, you know, there, there is some really good ideas to do your showing here. So we try to come home, um, hopefully Elancourt, I do my freestyle this, uh, this Saturday and then next weekend is a big weekend for him. Uh, we do fi- our final pre-St. George for, um, the regionals and then we go to the developing horse selection trials. So, Theoretically, he will be qualified for two classes for regionals and the developing young horse. And so then he gets a, a little bit of time off when we come home. So 
it's just a different way to look at the season uh, versus the northern horses are sort of gearing up to show. Our horses that will show here will have a little break. So yeah, it's 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 different just a different schedule. way of looking. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. So it's it's a good thing and looking forward to it. And uh, no, but it's fun. I I have my husband coming and then my sister comes. So lots of visitors uh, the next couple of weeks. Well, there, yeah, uh, there's still stuff going on, right? You got the uh, yeah. the Nations Cup competition, yep. right? Yeah, the that's uh, the breast cancer challenge of the Americas. Yep. Do they call it like challenges of the Americas where they do a yeah, bunch of uh, uh, quadrilles, right? With yep, that's tomorrow night. That's tomorrow yep, already. That's, oh, yeah. yeah, it's tomorrow night. Yeah. So that's cool. We'll have to get a report uh, so on that. Maybe. A big fun one. So, yeah, absolutely. We cool will stuff. definitely get a report on that. And uh, it's always a fun event if you're ever down uh, for the Challenge of the Americas. It's it's worth coming for. It's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, so lots of fun stuff happening in Florida still. Uh, it's not quite wrapped up. We're getting there, and uh, but I'll be ready to come home. I'm not going to lie to see my uh, my dog. I miss my dog and and all my my students and friends at home. Uh, it's about the time of the season we're all starting to get that way, but yeah. still stuff to still stuff to do. So yeah, it's all for good sure. for sure. So Phil, we have got a great show, and we're going to come back with Catherine Haddad Staller. Uh, I saw her the other night at a dinner party, uh, so she's going to come on right after Glenn jumps in to talk about the road to the horse. Thank you, Reese and Philip, for letting me stop in. I just wanted to mention that this coming Friday night, that would be the 18th. If you're in Lexington, Kentucky, and you want to come out for a Horse Radio Network meetup, we're going to be doing a meetup at Cortland's Country Kitchen at the Clarion Lexington. That's clarionhotellex.com. We'd love to see you about 7 p.m. at Cortland's Country Kitchen. Even if you're not going to Road to the Horse, stop in. And of course, if you want to hear our Road to the Horse coverage, we're going to do, we're going to do over six hours of live a road to the horse coverage we're going to do friday and saturday at 9 a.m eastern for an hour and a half and then on sunday we're providing coverage of the finals day of competition that should be a lot of fun mary kitzmiller who competed there twice will be alongside myself and we'll be doing all kinds of uh, fun stuff over the over the four hours including many guests some of the top trainers in the world will be joining us so that's all coming up this week weekend. You can find out more details at horsesinthemorning.com. That's where you can find the live player and how to listen. And you can also go to roadtothehorse.com for more information. See you this weekend in Kentucky. And it's brought to you by horselovers.com, Cashel Products, A Little Pet Vet, Horseware, and the Clarion Hotel Lexington. Well, this evening, it is our pleasure to have Catherine Haddad Stoller on. She's an international competitor for the United States and FEI trainer throughout the world. Catherine, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Reese. It's nice to talk with you again. We're excited to have you. So we wanted to just talk about a training tip, and you've got a great one that you were just working on. Yeah, I was just doing some filming with Dressage Training Online, and one of the things they asked me to demonstrate while on a horse and then also with with a student was um, how to get a horse who's, who's either been heavy in the hand for a very long time or is now heavy in the hand, how to get them light in the bridle. And um, I demonstrated that on one horse, and then I had a student demonstrate it on another horse. And my, my basic tip is this. You have to remember that lightness in the bridle comes from impulsion in the hind leg. So there is no, there's really no way to make a horse light in the bridle by simply pulling the head up with the reins. In fact, more often than not, you're just going to exacerbate the problem if that's what worse. you do. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. So the first... First thing that you have to start with is a hind leg that really pushes, because if you think 
anatomically about the horse, what is it that creates lightness? Lightness is created by the lifting of the withers and the neck and the pole. Those things can't be picked up in motion without the hind legs propelling the horse forward. So it's actually the energy of the hind legs that pushes the withers up in uh, toward the horse's pole and lightens the horse in the rain. So while I was riding, one of the things that I was describing is the difference between riding a horse onto the bit or round onto the bit and riding a horse up to the bit. So in other words, do you ride them down and round onto the bit or do you ride them up and light onto the bit? And there's a, there's a physical difference in the way the horse looks, of course, and a physical difference in what you feel in your rein. When you're riding the horse down and round onto your hand, you're actually asking him to lean toward the bit to seek it going toward the ground. When you're riding him up off the rein, you're asking him to seek the bit in an upward way with his head and neck and with his nose slightly out. The contact when you're riding a horse up to the bit is very, very light, and it has to remain very light because any amount of backward pressure will destroy that precious connection that goes upward. So if you're riding a horse into a lot of contact, the first thing that you have to do is activate the hind leg and almost simultaneously give. Because if you, if you goose him forward and you give, he will pick his head up. And in that moment, then you can shorten your reins and make your arms a little longer to maintain a very light contact in the front with the neck, the head and neck raised. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's it makes sense tip. to us. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, I think that's okay. pretty straightforward. Is that you know you can't you can't ride you can't ride forward with backwards pressure because you are just going to force the horse even more onto the contact. I think that's pretty straightforward. Yes. Yeah. So well, what's that, the next? What's the next step? Well, the, ne- the next step then is to maintain that energy from behind and to, to make sure that every time you ask more energy from the hind leg, that it is received in an upward way toward the bridle into a very light contact. Again, if you increase contact, um, you're probably going to end up pulling the horse down onto his forehand again. There are some riders who are capable of creating so much energy behind the saddle that they can put the horse into a very strong contact. Um, and depending on the depending on the conformation of the horse's neck, that might work for some of them. It doesn't work for all of them, though. And I have found more often in my career, doesn't really depend on what conformation I'm riding. If I can maintain the light contact with a lot of activity um, then and get my horse into that balance where his withers are up and his, his haunches are slightly lower than the withers, then I, I can maintain the light contact and leave him there without developing a strong, strong contact. There seems to be some... I think it's a, it's not a myth, but it's maybe a rider created myth at the higher level, at the international level, that you have to have a horse like really pulling on you very strong in order to do the Grand Prix. And that is, is not the case. You can have a horse very light in the bridle, but coming with a lot of energy from behind the saddle and still light in the bridle to ride the Grand Prix. And that, of course, is the ultimate ideal. And Kevin, wouldn't you say with the ultimate, with the contact, especially as you go up the scale, the, the levels of training and the scale of training, technically it should get lighter, right? Absolutely. I mean, it shouldn't really get heavier. Absolutely. And, and if, if your get, horse is getting heavier yeah. in a double bridle as you go up the scales, <laughs> you're really in trouble because the double bridle, of course, is the tool of ele- elevation and lightness. And you don't create elevation and lightness with the double bridle, but it does. The task does become easier once you put the double bridle on the horse. 
Yeah. Now, wouldn't you say that you have to start somewhere with the horse in in sort of a, a bit of a frame to get this to to get this to work? I think if you just drive the horse and give, then then and the horse doesn't know roundness. Maybe it's an older horse that you just started a little dressage with. Um, I think I run a, run across this quite a bit in in my teaching. You know that you have to have a little bit of bit pressure to teach the horse the right shape. Or, you know, what, what is your, what is your yeah. thoughts or no. take on that? Uh, ab- you're absolutely right about that, Philip. Absolutely right. I'm not, I'm not talking about just throwing the reins at the horse and going, you know, racing around the arena. There is a light contact there. And I'm also talking about a rider who has a half halt available to them. But this is, this is key. You have to have learned to half halt your horse without the reins. So in other words, if you're sitting the trot and you know how to put your lower leg on and press your seat into him. And that brings him back more back onto your seat without you touching your reins. Then you have a a very correct half halt that creates even more lightness in the bridle. But it it doesn't mean that you have no contact. What I'm saying is that your contact in the long run remains very light and you insist that it remains very light. So the horse is not, is not pulling on you, but that his energy is, is directed upward and light toward the bridle. Yeah, and I, I love that it, word. It, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I loved how you said insist. I think that that's a real okay. key because some people, you know, they allow their horse to get longer and longer and longer as they ride instead of the other way around. And they don't really right. insist on, hey, I really don't want to be drug around the arena today. I think that's a, no. that's a legit thing to say. So sorry, I, I, I jumped in there. No, it's okay. But when you're talking about self-carriage and true self-carriage, which is what we're talking about here is, is creating that, that has to be... The horse has to be told, you will carry yourself like this, no exceptions. And, of course, it is a balance between the driving aid of the rider and the bit. If you don't have the bit in the rein there, then there's no no limit set for the horse. And it's within that framework of the seat-to-the-hand connection that the horse has to learn his self-carriage, which is why you can't create it, as Philip said, just by throwing the reins away and chasing him. There has to be a framework there and a frame created by the seat-to-hand connection. But within that framework, if you insist that the horse can't lean on you, and in fact, every time he tries, you touch his hind leg into action, whether it's with the tip of your spur or your whip. Every time he tries to lay down on you, you activate his hind end, he'll end up with a horse in in self-carriage. Yeah, I think uh, for me, and just back to my point a little bit, it's just that everybody, you know, somebody coming to dressage from having ridden um, hunters, for say, or... Right. Or just from trail riding, are you know we talk about lightness in the bridle, and then they're afraid to touch the the contact or to touch the mouth, and mm-hmm. and I think that's that's can be totally misunderstood, um, you know about and there's different stages of development in the horse's training, and and I think what I try and tell people is the horse has to respect the respect the bit and respect the hands, and, and then at that point not use them for balance, right? I think. That's, that's, that's sort of, true. Uh, something I try and teach that, that, you know, it's something that the rider uses, not, not the horse, right? And that, and that you have that's to right. sort of own the contact and then you can drive into it uh, and then you can halt, you can, you can do some half halts, some transitions, some things to improve the balance even more. Because, um, again, I just don't like the idea of people, you know, I'm just going to kick the horse or, or whip them, you know, forward. And then now I've got a dressage horse that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. I think it's, a, it's about limits, right? You know, you, you can't be hauling right. on the, hauling on the, on the face the whole time or seeking 
different trick bits or, or draw reins or something to, to put the horse's head down. And also you can't be whipping and, and running around the ring all the time. I think, you know, uh, dressage riding, I think, for anybody who's new to it, it's just about the, the limits and the balances between too much of this and not enough of this. And, and eventually, like you said, in the Grand Prix, the horse almost doing it on his own in, in correct training and, and in the correct scale of training. Well, let's remember that the beginning scales of training are about riding the horse to the contact. Mm-hmm. So you're riding him on to the contact, which means making him rounder. You know, horses are started in a lower level frame. Um, but as you move up the scale, you want the frame to lift. And with the frame, the withers have to come up, which also means that the hind leg has to engage. And it actually is created, I guess my point is it's created from the opposite of that. The hind leg engages, pushing the withers up lifting the neck and the pole into the rider's hand. Where we run into a lot of trouble in dressage is that people have ridden onto such a strong contact in a downward way that they don't understand you have to actually change the balance of the horse and change the direction of the energy in order to get him light in the front. Yeah, I think that's a great... Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. you You can't chase a horse on its front legs in a really round, low frame you can half all you want to in a really round, round, low frame, and you're probably not going to get the knack up. What you have to do is find a way with your driving aid to almost, I don't want to use the word scare, but almost startle his neck up a little bit, and then you shorten your rein and you just very lightly hold the neck there. But you keep the activity of the hind leg, and when he relaxes in that position, then he lifts his withers in his back, and he goes, oh, you want me up here. Catherine, but wouldn't you very, say, very, too, that it's like a symptom? What you feel in your hand is actually a symptom of what's not happening behind the saddle. Is that a good way Correct. to think about it? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, like. That is, that is a very good way to think about it, yes. Because yes. I think a lot of people feel, oh my gosh, my horse is pulling. I should pull on his head. <laughs> well, actually, no, it's the other way around. And, and you said that very, mm-hmm. really well. It's, no, no, no. You got to drive the hind leg to bring the withers up, to bring the whole horse up. And I think that that's a, a lot more of the way we have to look at it and, and, and not think, oh no, my horse is heavy. I better pull because <laughs> they're right. going to be able to pull you out of that saddle pretty quickly for sure. So I, I love and that I, example. I do think this is a lot easier to show than it is to explain. Yeah. Um, so I, I had, you know, I had the great pleasure of being able to do that with some dressage training online videos this morning. And I, I don't know when those will be published, but if people are interested, interested, they could look on that site for them. Um, oh. They should come out in the next, you know, three, four months or something. Fantastic. Catherine, um, how can our listeners find you online if they have any more questions about this? Um, the best way to reach me is on Facebook. My website has not been updated in years, I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> but um, if you just type me into a Facebook search, you'll find me. Oh, fantastic. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show. We always love having you. And we look forward to hearing about how you and Hotmail do in the future. Okay. Thank you so much, Reese. It was nice to talk to you, Philip. Well, as always, Catherine does a fantastic job, and she's got really, really great ideas on how to make our sport move forward, and I think we all need to need to do that in every capacity. So we thank her for coming on, and right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with the U.S. World Cup representative, Charlotte Yorst. She's a fantastic interview. I hope you enjoy. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. 
Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissue. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Gray's mission is to honor a woman's adventurous spirit by creating apparel that offers comfort while riding, plus style when you're not. In 2011, Grand Prix rider and entrepreneur Chris Pinto joined forces with fashion industry veteran Meryl Ranzer to create a chic and sophisticated line of performance riding breeches that look and feel better than your favorite pair of jeans. The line, made for women by women, is now being expanded and refined by teaming up with global equine manufacturer and distributor Intrepid International and notable fashion designer Kia Tomlin. 2K Gray offers serious riding clothes that are sturdy in the saddle, yet slimming, stunning, and sophisticated everywhere else. Each detail, from pocket shape to seam placement, is designed to enhance a woman's silhouette and to celebrate different body types. The collection is machine washable and proudly designed in the USA. Check out the new and exciting designs at 2kgray.com. That's the number 2, the letter K, G-R-E-Y, dot com. You can also follow them on Facebook at 2kgray. Feel better and ride better. 2kgray. Well, we are so excited tonight to have Charlotte Yorst on. Charlotte has been a friend of our show, and she just got some amazing news. Charlotte, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic, thank you. I am so excited about what I'm about to do. So tell us, you were just, well, I can, I can spill the news. You were just named as the U.S. representative to the World Cup in Sweden. Like yesterday. Was, was, the, was it yesterday? I have goosebumps. It was yesterday it happened. It seemed like a whirlwind um, because, you know, you you, uh, you set these goals out and you train so hard and you work so hard towards them. And then when you succeed, it's almost like, really, really, is this really happening? And, and of course, it's been such a whirlwind for me the last couple of years that I can barely um, figure out how, how it's all been happening so quickly and, and so greatly. I think it's because of the beautiful and talented Nintendo. Oh, and he is stunning. He is so beautiful. And you guys have such an amazing partnership. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about him and when you got him and sort of the journey you've been on with him? Yeah, I got him about two years ago. And um, back then, I I just really wanted to start writing um, Grand Prix at the international level. And, um, and I started right away. I went directly into a CDI, which I've never done before. 
and um, and I qualified that year for um, festival champions uh, in can, in, um, in Gladstone. And I went to festival champions. It was a huge deal for me. I was so nervous. I could barely exist out of nervousness. I'd only competed like in California. And, um, and I was, I made a horrible impression. I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't figure out, I couldn't remember the, the courses. And so I read off course like three times. And so I was so, I, it was, it was just very, very humbling and very, very difficult for me. But then, and then I decided to go to Florida the following year. And I went to Florida and I competed a bunch and went in the big arena and got, you know, a lot of, um, of experience there. And uh, then I ended up in the top eight in the country, went to Europe and competed there all summer last summer and um, and, and did really, really, really well. And, and the last Nations Cup, um, I actually was the best, the best American on, on the team. So and, cool. uh, and then I went back to Florida this year with uh, the intent of making it to one of the big venues, either the Olympics or World Cup or something. And now I've qualified for World Cup, so I can cross that off my list. And so it's been it's been a very very fast whirlwind, and it's been amazing. But World Cup is very good for me because um, it's the qualification procedure is uh, through the freestyle. It's just about the free freestyle. So I really worked hard on the freestyle this uh, fall and selected my music. And um, it was so funny because I didn't know what music I was going to use. And then I was <laughs> in Vegas and walked by the Bilacho, the big uh, water, the fountain there. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. water was, was dancing to the music Time to Say Goodbye by Bocelli. Oh, and yeah. I was like, if the water can dance to this music, I can dance to this music. <laughs> so that became <laughs> the beginning of the freestyle. That, that was the inspiration. Feel, yeah, That was, it. <laughs> that was the inspiration. I was like, I like the, I love the water. It made me feel so in, incredible. So I was like, I want to do this. So then that became the beginning. So my music is really beautiful. And, and, um, and then I had, uh, I, you just need two really good scores. I had two really great freestyle scores. And, and it's interesting how this journey kind of points out your weaknesses and your strengths. This year has been very tough for me to write through the special. I have not been good at that. Um, but the freestyles have just come, uh, come out as, as, you know, a real, real strength of mine. So um, I think for the for the future, I just want to, I may want to just do more freestyles and really try to compete in the international championships um, that focuses on the freestyles because I just have more fun doing that and and I and so has Nintendo and for me it's still about having fun and and having the horses have fun and and thriving because it's otherwise you just get caught up in in all this. Um, in, in, you know, trying to fix your weaknesses and there's nothing worse than trying to fix a weakness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's nothing so, uh, harder and can be very it's so frustrating. Hard. So what it's is so it about the special that's so hard? What? I don't know. And, you know, before I was really good at the special, but then this year I've just had all this trouble with it. And then again, I cannot remember it. So this weekend again, I rode off course again. It's like, ah. Oh, it's so, so hard. Um, though. It's, the yeah. transitions are so quick, and and I find it very confusing when you ride the special on where you passage and where you you really you, it's you it's easy to get kind of fumbled in the special. Yeah, I, think, I think you can. Yeah. yeah, there's like very similar very, lines. Right? For me, I get lost, and the canner is always saying it's a cross diagonal, cross mm-hmm. diagonal. I, I get completely lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very and then I don't know one. where I am. 
all of a sudden I'm like, oh, where, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> I think you're not the only one. The special is, is, is very, very hard. But your freestyle, it's so amazingly beautiful. And both horses, now, now you also have another horse, Akeem. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Akeem has been great. You know, he came with a lot of baggage. Um, he was under a Hellstrom's horse and just came with a bunch of baggage. And he also had a bunch of injuries when I got him. But um, so the first eight months, I basically just trail rode him and got him out and got him healthy and everything again. So um, he started out in Florida season a little bit out of shape. But over the season, he's just grown and grown and become better and better. And I just showed him a freestyle um, for over 70% this week again. And it was beautiful. He was gorgeous. he's, He's gorgeous and he's doing so great. And and um and and I, I I look forward to I mean he's fourteen so he's a little bit older but hopefully I can keep him happy and sound and going and and have many more years uh, with him and I I still have another one more show with him in Florida so he's doing amazing as well it's been a, a great season for him and filled very very confidence building for him. Can you tell us a little bit about the the personalities of the two horses and you know sort of what they're like around the stable and and what they're like to ride and some of their strengths maybe. Yeah, um, Nintendo, he is like, we call him the war horse because it feels like no matter how you treat him, he's always the same. And, you know, I'm, I'm like such a softy. I give them sugar tubes and I take them on trail rides <laughs> and out grazing and, you know, and I want to, you know, be, be, to be their best friend and all of that. And Nintendo, he just does not care. He is like, he's no matter what, he's like, okay, 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 we're going, we're going, we're going. And, um, and Akeem, on the other hand, came, he's like this huge horse that's just completely scared and frightened and always seeking confidence in others. And, um, so, so for me, that's been really fun because, you know, I, I am very confident and, and to have a horse that actually depends a little bit on that has been very, very good for me. Whereas Nintendo, he couldn't, he has so much confidence. He just doesn't care whether I'm scared <laughs> or not. He, he just, he's doing his thing. So, uh, so he's, he's like, he would have been perfect, like in Detroitian war or something. He just would have to <laughs> gallop yeah. over the, the, the meadows. So what happens now, Charlotte, you just got the invitation. So what happens now? Everything happens pretty quickly before the world cup, right? Yeah. Now we are, we're actually preparing already. Nintendo is leaving on the 17th, which is, um, like in nine days, eight days. And then, um, I stay back and do one more show on Akeem while Nintendo goes and rests a few days in uh, Amsterdam first, and then he drives up to Sweden. And then I come uh, on Monday the 21st and ride for a few days, and then we go right in on the 25th. We start with, with the Grand Prix, and the 27th is the uh, freestyle. Oh, wow. Yeah. That yeah. is Yeah, so it's very quick. And then oh, there's 10 jumper horses there, and then they all wait around there for a day or two until the jumper horses are done and then they come back and then they fly directly back to California. Oh, wow. So Charlotte, tell us, I mean, it's been such a quick whirlwind and Florida has been so intense. How do you sort of change gears and get ready for mentally to ride at the World Cup? You know what? At this point, I just really want to have fun because it has been a lot of pressure and and even I have a hard time remembering or even understanding that how how quickly I've I reached the very top of everything, and um, and I you know I just want to have fun with this. I've had, been under a lot of pressure, and I've now fulfilled my ultimate ultimate goal. 
So um, now I'm, I'm just going to have fun at it, uh, go at it, and have a great World Cup. I'm not qualifying now to qualify for anything else. This is kind of the, the last, uh, the last, the very top of everything. So I'm just going to have fun and, and enjoy and enjoy it that my family is coming and I'm going to see everyone. So I'm just going to go for it. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like that a good, so a good cool. way to be. So um, after you get home to California, what's, what's next for you? Is it probably some vacation, I don't really some downtime? Know. I think my, my daughter is going <laughs> to get married this summer. Oh, congratulations. Aww. Yeah, so I think, I think I'm going to take a little bit of a breather and spend some time with my family um, because I have been going at it nonstop between, you know, Florida, uh, um, uh, New, um, Europe last year and then Wellington this year. And I've been gone a lot from the family and it gets a little bit lonely. Yes, so I'd love to just spend it. It does. Yeah, it does get a little bit lonely. So I'd love to just spend some time with the family this summer and see my daughter get married and then be a backup professor of champions in the fall and then prepare for next year. So I think that would be my ultimate summer. And and Charlie, you also have an amazing company, right? How, How do you run? I mean, you're competing internationally and have a company. How does that work? Well, it's, it's, it, you know, it is, it is very difficult and it is just so much work. I feel that I'm working like nonstop. So uh, that's another thing. I just need to take a break also because, um, you know, when you compete so much, there, there all the weekends you compete in and then you work in the company. So I find myself working, you know, till midnight every night and, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's just a lot, but I love my company and I, I love the fact that it's, um, that Castell is completely, um, you know, sun protective and has the UV protection. And I see people riding it all over. That's been, it's been, it's very satisfactory to me because I've had a bout with skin cancer and, and I want some, as many people as possible riding in it. So it's a very, very, it's a very, I'm very passionate about it. And, and it's been a great satisfaction for me. And it is a cool company and great products because I also uh, have a, uh, skin cancer in my family. So it's uh, something that we're also very passionate. And here in Florida, everyone is, is, in the, is in the snow. But here, it's very sunny and very you need to ha- be covered. So your company and the products are, are also fantastic. So, um, But it is true. Yeah, you're, your company's great. everywhere and doing – I just – I'm in awe of you because you are, really are just an amazing person. And we can't wish you a enough luck. I hope we can have you back on the show to hear how it goes and see. Yeah, we're um, going to have you know. to do that. Oh my God. I hope I can remember the test. <laughs> you will be fine. And we here at the Horse Radio Network wish you so much luck in Sweden. And we can't wait for to hear and get a report and what it's like to compete at your first big international event. So we can't wish you enough luck and we will be rooting you on for sure from here. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait to come back and tell you all about it. Excellent. Thanks, Charlotte. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. For our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we actually have Justin from Total Saddle Fit on. So as always, we love having him. He is so knowledgeable about saddle fitting. And he's going to talk about his new six-point saddle pad. This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. Well, I am super excited to have Justin from Total Saddle Fit on. Justin, how are you today? 
I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Well, we always love having you. Always, always. And tonight, we are actually going to talk about your new six-point total saddle fit saddle pad. So tell us about this pad because it's awesome. Well, thank you. So this pad is unique because we basically modeled it after the way a saddle fitter would flock your saddle. So I should first say, it's a saddle fitting pad. You've probably seen different forms of uh, shim fitting pads before, but this is unique in that it really models a flocking adjustment that a saddle fitter would do. So basically what we've done is we've separated the pad into six strategically placed pockets. So if your saddle is bridging, rocking, low in the front, low in the back, lifting off to one side, twisting, any basically any major issue a saddle would have, these fitting pockets are uniquely shaped to address each one of those things individually. Fantastic. And typically, I mean, this is normal and very common where you have issues with your saddle. You maybe can't get your saddle fitter out or maybe a saddle fitter doesn't come to your area. So Justin, talk to us about a little bit about how you know how to shim your pad. Maybe your saddle fitter can't come out or you're not going to see them or you live in a remote area. How's the best way to sort of, how's the best way to use the pad? Okay, so there's a couple ways that you can do it. First, I need to mention that the saddle pads all come with an instruction manual, just downloadable for free. And um, you, it, it runs through all the major problems that the saddle has and then how to address that with the fitting pockets. So each specific problem has a specific solution um, depending on what it is. Um, but overall, basically, you can usually feel when your saddle isn't quite fitting right. Uh, your balance is going to be off or your trainer will see it. You'll be, list, you'll be off to one side. You'll be struggling with your seat or your leg or something. And that's a good place to start. Um, or, of course, if you, have, if you notice you know, uh, sore spots, rubs, dry spots on your horse, that's a good indication as well. But you really start from noticing something is going wrong, and then we sort of pin, uh, you know, uh, chip away at what the problem could be based on where you're running into it, and we address it that way. So if you're using the um, the instruction manual that comes with it, you'll see based on this, the kind of the problems that you'll run into what the solutions are. So let's say your saddle is kind of shifting off to the the cantle, shifting off to the right side, and your horse has a little bit of a dry spot over the um, the front. Uh, of the right side of the withers. Well, then that indicates to us, you know, based and the instruction manual will have this, where the saddle is probably twisting inward at the front toward the right and dropping low, and the cantle's shifting off to the right. So we'd fix that by adding a fitting shim in the front right corner, which would lift the front of the saddle up, straighten the cantle out over the horse's spine, and pull pressure away from that area because it would raise it a little bit and, um, you know, reduce that low, reduce the pressure from the low spot. So that's just like one example of a ton of how you might actually address a problem with it. So Justin, as always, um, let's say I'm having a specific problem and I can call you, right? If I look at the manual, I really don't really know. I can call you directly when I purchase the pad to get information. That's exactly right. So calls or emails, we take them all the time because as you know, no horses. No one horse is the same as another. So there's always like a, you know, a unique situation that we need to address. And between phone calls, emails, pictures, and stuff, we're able to cover a ton of ground in terms of how we can help you know, individual situations uh, fit the saddle to the horses better. Now, Justin, I know that you've got a special pad for uh, high-withered horses. Talk to us a little bit about that. Okay. That's, um, that's an optional uh, 
thing you can get with your patent. It's called Wither Freedom Technology. And basically what that is, is the front center of the pad along the horse's withers, about nine inches from the front of the pad, is fully cut away. So what you have is absolutely nothing over the top of the horse's withers. And this comes into play when you have either a horse that's got really high withers or that has really sensitive withers, or when your saddle's clearance is so tight over the withers to begin with, you need every little centimeter you can get to make sure your saddle doesn't rest there. So it's just one more, uh, one more option you have. It doesn't uh, they, they come with and without it, but it's just to address those high weather horses. So we get a lot of thoroughbreds, as you might imagine. Um, people benefit from that, especially if they're using like a jump saddle, for example, that doesn't have a very good amount of pommel clearance to begin with. This will pull the pressure off the withers and make sure the saddle clears them effectively. I have to say this this is my favorite thing because we uh I don't know I've said it before in a different show but um I had a horse that I had to actually modify a saddle pad that uh we already had I basically cut it down the middle and and did my best because there wasn't anything on the market that sort of addressed this horse's need at the time and you know he we were in full sh- full swing show mode you know we couldn't give him time off we you know we I needed a pad that that sort of um brought the front up a little bit and and you know and I just I made it myself, but you know when Justin sent me um, this wither wither pad, I put it right on the horse. It fit perfect, and I have to say that was a really really good idea. So I th- nice. I well, Philip, if, if only we had talked to you earlier, maybe we would have yeah. come up with this design earlier. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That would that would that would have been great. Well, Justin, as always, how would our listeners find you online to learn about all your products along with the fantastic shoulder relief girth that Philip and I love? How would they find your information out online? The best place to find us is totalsaddlefit.com. And we're on the main social media channels, facebook.com slash totalsaddlefit, twitter.com slash totalsaddlefit. And um, one other thing I just real quick want to mention is that we also have a uh, Western version of the shoulder relief girth out as well. So just wanted to slip what? that one in there too. But Justin, um, yeah, we've got. I didn't know this. Did you know I'm into Western dressage now? What? Are I didn't serious? know that. That's really cool. I have a saddle. I, think, <laughs> I, I have a Western saddle, Justin. Did you not know that? I, you had no idea. We I didn't may have know to talk that. After, off the air. Yes, we may have to try this. Everybody, I may have to try this on Sia, my Western pony. Yes, I'm very right, well, excited. I, I, I foresee no possibly another conversation here. <laughs> yes, I do for next awesome. month. I love it. Yes, because I am trying this Western dressage, and everybody knows that I'm really not not doing. I, maybe the girth will will spur me on to uh, <laughs> national championship at walk trot. But we'll talk. We'll talk later. But no, Justin, as always, thank you so much for your time. You are great to have on the show. And and if anybody has any questions, they're welcome to email Phil and I, and we will get it to Justin, and he will come on the show and answer any saddle fit questions you have. So feel free to also email us. Um, and Justin, we would love to have you back on to talk about the Western dressage. Love it. I'd be happy to. And thanks for having me on this time. You guys are always a great time to talk to. Well, as always, Phil, we love email and Facebook shout outs. So please feel free to send the emails. We always try to answer everybody's questions. Or if we don't know the answer, we will get you to somebody that does know the answer. Um, and also, Justin is great. And I really mean it. Send us some saddle fitting questions and he's fantastic loves to come on the show we love having him and he's super knowledgeable uh and so he can do any saddle fitting questions that you may have so uh you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website dressageradio.com like us on facebook just search dressage radio show 
Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week.